As I mentioned at the start of Mass, this is a time when people are going back to or starting college. Maybe some of you here are heading out east, or maybe some of your kids or grandkids are there. You might know out in Boston, there's this not-so-friendly rivalry between Harvard and MIT, both very prestigious schools. But the MIT guys like to tell this story. So one day, this girl goes to Boston, and she goes out on a date with an MIT guy. And she says, man, you go to MIT. That, that's amazing. You must be incredibly smart. And the MIT guy goes, oh, gosh, gosh, no, no, I'm not that smart. And about a week later, the same girl goes out on a date with a Harvard guy. And she says, man, you go to Harvard? You must be so smart. That's incredible. And the guy goes, oh, gosh, yeah, I am. Now, I'd tell you what the University of Chicago guy said, but he didn't even make the cut, so this woman was very discerning. Humility is a funny thing, isn't it? It's a virtue, certainly one of the virtues. If you read the Gospels carefully, it's a primary virtue. It's not just sort of one among many. But it's an odd kind of virtue, isn't it? Because you can't simply decide to be humble. It's almost ironic, right? The more you try to achieve it, the greater the danger is that you're not going to be humble. Jesus says again and again, calling us to humility. We talk about it all the time, but how do you actually achieve it? And I'd like to suggest we can't decide to be humble, but we can decide something that can lead us to humility. And what I mean by that is we can decide as a sheer act of will to put ourselves in situations where we simply don't have a lot to fall back on. We all know what our skills are. We all know what our weaknesses are. We know where we feel confident. We know where we feel afraid or inadequate or vulnerable or terrified. And there's something in human nature that says, well, I want to go where my skills will shine and I don't want to go to the other places. If you want to grow in humility, put yourself in those other places. And that's what I said, as a sheer act of will. I don't want to do this, this is hard, I'm uncomfortable. But we can, sometimes it takes practice, it almost always takes practice. It can start by baby steps, but to just move into those places where all you have is sort of empty hands. And all you can do is be there, but be there with an attitude, an attitude of love or trust or openness or generosity, spirit, whatever it is you got, that's all I got, because I don't have anything on my own. And if you think about it, that's exactly what Jesus does. He doesn't just walk around saying, hey, you better be more humble. For his disciples, he says, I'll tell you what to do. You've got to go out. You've got to go out into unfamiliar territory. You think they didn't like me? Well, guess what? They're probably not going to like you all the time either. So go out. He sends them, right? Long before the end of the gospel after the resurrection, you know, go out there and baptize the world. That sounds great to a Christian world. But long before that, before anybody knows who he is or he rises from the dead, all they've got to go on is this growing sense of deepening relationship 
and seeing what that face-to-face encounter is actually accomplishing as they meet people. And sometimes they're welcomed, sometimes they're hated. And Jesus says to his disciples, go out, just go out, encounter them, talk about me, pray with them, love them. I think he does that because he knows that's the only way to truly grow in humility. Because the funny thing about that is, if that's what you're doing, if that's your MO, then the more successful you are, the humbler you become. Because you start to realize, wait a minute, this isn't about me, but it works. There's something here that is very powerful, and I know it's not coming from my efforts. Down to the seminary, we're just starting a new year. If I could impart one thing to them, it would be that. Seminary's nice, it's beautiful, taking all these great classes. Where in the Archdiocese of Chicago are you terrified to go? Who don't you want to face? Where do you feel the least prepared to do anything as a priest in training? That's the only place you should go. And then, like in the Gospels, come back, we can talk about it. We can realize the gifts that we do receive. But you all know what this looks like for yourselves. I've got to believe entering into a lifelong commitment, marriage, whatever. You know pretty quickly what that looks like to grow in humility, to say, I don't have all the answers here, to be committed to a cause, to be committed to a friendship, And let's be brutally honest, we don't always want to grow in humility. And we know what that looks like too. Sometimes we get defensive, sometimes we get angry, and a lot of times we bluff. I honestly don't think the greatest enemy to humility is pride. I know we talk about it that way. I think the greatest enemy to humility is fear. I'm afraid. I'm afraid I won't do this right. I'm afraid I'll look like a fool. I'm afraid I don't have anything. And then what do we do? We fall back on whatever it is we can scrape together so that we look better. We don't have to wade into that sea of vulnerability. I get it. It's human. And that's why this isn't just about human effort. That's why Jesus doesn't just say, well, go out there and give it your best. See you later. Our grace really matters. It's not magic, it's not voodoo, we're not puppets, but it really matters. And so if you, like me, can name those areas pretty clearly in your life where you know, yeah, if I waded into this situation, I certainly would have the opportunity to grow in humility. It isn't just about trying harder, and that's a beautiful thing to bring into prayer. That's a beautiful way to leverage the grace that we talk about all the time. And I wouldn't stand here telling you this if I didn't truly believe it. But it's not like, God, give me the grace, and then we get zapped. We cooperate with it, right? So tell someone, tell someone close to you, tell someone you love or trust, hey, this is the thing I'm going to take on. This is the thing I just want you to know I'm doing. Not so that you'll tell me how wonderful I am, but you can accompany me, even if you don't physically go with me. You can accompany me in this journey. Jesus sent them out in twos, right? Bring it then into your prayer. Take a baby step and say, well, how did that go? 
Even if the other person didn't react well or the cause wasn't automatically satisfied, how do you feel about it? Is that fear that said, don't go there, you'll be ashamed, you'll be embarrassed, it'll be a train wreck, was that realized? Or does it feel very different for the very fact that you got up in love and trust and took that step towards the other? I can tell you what you'll feel like, and that doesn't mean anything unless you actually walk that journey yourself. So just a little spiritual exercise as we walk into this 22nd week of ordinary time. Summer is kind of winding down, but other things are winding up. Just to name for ourselves, where is an opportunity to grow in humility? Not because I'm so prideful and egotistical in that area, but where am I afraid? Chances are what's holding us back from being more humble is that presence of fear. And as we all know, the most common line throughout the scriptures is do not be afraid. That's just the flip side of God saying, enter into humility.